Hey Warriors, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. I know I did. It wasn't too bad. I did have some things happen in the gaming community, but you know, the Lord did an amazing job of dealing with that and working with uh, other believers. Otherwise, you know, this this weekend, actually yesterday, um, my friend Greg, he had his interest meeting and there was a few people there and I'm excited to see what God's going to do with this church. Next Sunday is when he's going to do his first service. So if you guys could do is take some time this week and just pray for his church. It's going to be called Vertical Church. And he has a, a great idea for the ministry. And he's going to need a lot of encouragement. He's going to need a lot of support from the Holy ghost and, and just giving him the energy to be able to put this all together. And I think God's going to do some cool things with his church. Uh, so if you guys could just make sure to take some time this week to pray over this church, that God will bless the right families to come at the right time when he needs them to be there and then just see what God does with it. I'm excited to stand kind of at the outskirts of it you know, and watching it happen, but also kind of excited about being able to also work with him a little bit with it. So that's something you guys could do for him this week. Anyways, this week, you know, we're continuing the series on Battlefield of the Gods. Now, there is a book that I told you guys last week. I'm going to try to actually make a link that's going to be for Amazon on the page. Yeah, and it'll probably even go to the group as well if you guys are interested in the book by um, Pastor Eidelman. Uh, I do enjoy, actually, I should say, I did enjoy it and I do think it's still very relevant, even though it's probably maybe around eight years old. And it helps helps people kind of take an understanding more about the idea of idols and also talks about other aspects of sin that involve it and you know he does a really neat job putting it together so today my goal is to talk about idols or idols everywhere now we often think because especially if you're brought up in a church we often think about idols as just these giant golden statues where people are bowing down and worship worshiping the idol or the god it represents or whatever it is a spirit whatever it may be now we know and have to understand that even the new testament not just the old testament the new testament explains those are demons they're not other gods they're not these spirits of humanity that exist. No, these are demons acting like gods. This means that you and I need to be aware of how things of the times of the beginning church and how cities were run back then to even in the Old Testament has changed throughout all these decades and centuries and like time frames you know because we give everything a time frame how everything has changed that also means how christianity has changed it also means how the culture has changed so today we're not going to see so-called giant statues standing in front where people are worshiping but idol worship is very 
very clear today in a lot of ways, if we're paying attention. Now we go back to Exodus 20. And Exodus 20 is, everybody, usually if you're brought up in a church, you know that's all about the Ten Commandments, right? In the beginning, it states in verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Now, this is something that's very fascinating to think about. Egypt would be considered the world, and God brought them out of Egypt because they uh, they were slaves. Now, if we know in the New Testament, I've mentioned this in many verses, sin has enslaved us. Jesus Christ has given us the ability to get out of the world. So I want you guys to think about that statement. And this is in Exodus 20, verse 2, Old Testament concepts of what we see today and how it is. Verse 3, do not have other gods besides me. Verse 4, do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or the, in the waters or under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them. Do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third, fourth generations of those who hate me showing faithful love to the thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This is a very interesting verse set if you stop and think about how it's relevant for today. And a lot of times we focus on verse 5, we only focus on that first part. Do not bow and worship to them. Now we think... Well, I don't worship an idol. I don't get down on my knees. I don't pray to things, blah, blah, blah. But then it says, do not serve them. Now, this is the thing that I was thinking about for a while of how to talk about this. Serving has a lot of perspective to that. First thoughts is, well, I don't go and do something for something to receive something. Actually, we do do that with a lot of things that we have in our lives that has basically become an idol to us. We often don't see that, but the truth is it does happen. You see... I love it when I hear parents say how much they love their kids, that they'll do anything for them, that they would sacrifice themselves for them. There's nothing wrong in that concept until you watch how the family unit works. I need you guys to hang in there on this thought. We are more willing to sacrifice our time life every aspect that we do work more hours to take care of our families than we would to honor God 
we are more willing to sacrifice everything for a child, but not for God. We are willing to give up free time for things for our family, for people we love, or even our business, our office times. We're willing to give up all this stuff for everything else but God. We don't realize how this, like, it's, it's not bad. It's for you to want to see your kids succeed, there's nothing wrong. But when that success that you want in your kid starts getting ahead of the importance of being at church, studying time for you, even, even you leading your kids, showing, living by example or showing your kids how to be a godly uh, boy or girl or, you know, growing up as a child, how to grow up to be a godly man and woman. We start using excuses of everything around us as a reason. Well, my kids in sports, I have to do this. I have to go there. Um, my wife travels a lot. Um, I travel a lot, but we, we make time for everything else, but we don't make time to make sure that we are being fed the truth that we're spending time in, in study with other believers that we're praying with other believers that we're not making time for God because all this other stuff matters more. Well, I need to make, I need to make the money to take care of my family, then do it. But then you also got to sacrifice some time for God too. You can't, you can't just focus so much on that because you know what? God can take care of you. Even if you think you're going to be short, God can still take care of you. We start using our idle like what we see as more important than God, because that's what it basically means. You're, you're replacing God with something else. And we don't know how to handle it. You know, one of my things that I've always noticed about people is that we forget that God sent his son to die for us. He gave up his only son to die for us and our sins to die for us. To give us a hope. To provide a way of grace by which we can actually accept and understand that we are sinners that don't deserve heaven, don't deserve to be with him. No, we don't deserve to stand in front of him. I mean, the idea that uh, Abraham, or excuse me, Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. He was able to talk to God, but he couldn't look directly at him. And that when he came back down, he glowed. But if we all remember the first time he came down, what was going on back in where Israel was at. We had a spineless leader, Aaron, allow the people to go and make a golden calf and worship because that's what the world does. So therefore, we need to be like the world because it was better back then. Look at us. It's horrible now. It's where we're out in the middle of nowhere, and yet God was providing. God was doing everything to take care of his people. And they were not thanking him. They were 
questioning him. They were questioning their leaders. Because in their minds, comfort meant being taken care of. For the past basically 10 years, my wife's and I's marriage has been a desert of trusting in God. Barely making any money, barely making anything to do anything that we really wanted to do. But yet God always provided. He had people who were there for us. And yes, it gets very tiring having to count on other people all the time. But God, at the same time, showed how much he loved us because he still took care of us, even though we did have to count on other people. We were never so poor that we had to live out in the streets. We had a, a house that, you know, that we can live in. We had a place that we can live in. God took care of us. Even when I finally got a full-time job and got paid really badly under that I should, you know, underpaid where I lived, God still provided every aspect of every need that we needed during that time. And today this is the first time in all my life that I'm in a more stable position that I've ever can say I've ever been in because of God and only God using people for helping me and providing this opportunity that I have to be able to start this church plan. And I will thank him for that. But see, that's the thing. We have created a world in our, in our world that we think we need all this stuff to be fulfilled and they have become an idol for lives. Because in Luke, it actually tells us this, and it's the, it's a hard hard read, but it says, Now great crowds come, accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his, his own father and mother and his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. You see, the idea that he was trying to get people to understand is you had to give up everything to give him everything. It doesn't mean you divorce your wife and leave your kids and blah, blah. What it means is you got to understand the importance that God needs to be 100% first in your family, 100% first in your marriage, 100% first in your life. You need to be willing to surrender all of that to God's hands and glory for him to be able to use you as a disciple. And the best weapon that the enemy does is it creates idol worship everywhere that we look. Keep you distracted, keep you focused on doing something else so that way you never have to feel convicted of doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because we are supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And yet we put more love 
and more of our soul and more of our mind into everything else. Whether it's our family, our hobbies, work, time, what we watch, our thoughts, whatever it may be, that's what we fill our hearts and minds with on a daily basis and we give everything that we can towards that. And then God goes, well, but what about me? You said you loved me. You said you, you're willing to follow me. You said you're going to be my disciple. You even accepted my son as your personal savior. And yet you give me hardly any of your time. You prefer to give everything to this world and create that golden calf then wait patiently as I am trying to teach others to teach you and train you for my glory for 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 your purpose that you have if you just stop and listen and pay attention and notice what I'm doing in your life even if it's small blessings God still has a plan for you but yet sometimes we fall into this trap of wanting to have something so we create idol worship around us for anything. We will spend more time working hours because it gives us some type of power or prestige or uh, recognition. But instead of actually saying, you know what? No, I'm going to work my time for this business. And then some of this extra time that I could probably make money, more money off of. I should spend more time either with my family and maybe even spend time uh, getting them to go do, let's go volunteer somewhere or uh, let me get more involved with uh, the city, you know, join a board or maybe a part of my kid's school or maybe even a board at my church or maybe even try to get to that Bible study that I always miss out because I work that extra four hours on the day they have the Bible study. See, we could make that time, and you know what? When you honor God, God will honor you because you're willing to put everything you can for him. He will, in return, take care of things that you will need, that you have needs for. I don't know how many times I've heard the story of someone, especially most of the time, I always hear it's usually from a pastor, but... I've also heard it from people who aren't in ministry, but they, they needed some money. They didn't have it. And there was a check in their pocket or there was a wad of cash in their pocket. Or as I heard recently, back pay from 10 years ago from a company that you were sending money to said that you've, oh, you got you got taken more money than you should have and you suddenly get like 1600 bucks back. And all you could do is sit there in awe because guess who gave it to you and provided all of that because he knew what was going to happen today by the stuff that happened from before. He knew that money was going to come at the time. Like it's not a surprise and we shouldn't be surprised. But because we stopped focusing on trying to find I guess you could say the leadership or the fulfillment that we've been feeling like Israel felt where they felt like, you know, oh, you know, Moses took us out here and look at this. We're in the desert and we're going to die like they just so much focus on what they think is happening because their eyes are only focused on what they can see and not what God is doing. I want you guys to think about that as we take a quick break for the second half.
Hey, Warriors, welcome back to the second half. You know, last week we did talk about sexual sins and temptations. So a lot of times I think in idol worship, there is a form of temptation that's going on. You know, a lot of people have struggled with certain parts in their life, certain situations in their life. And, you know, some people have addictions and some people might have, you know, been brought up in a way growing up. And we, we as men, we don't always do what we're supposed to be doing as men because we kind of have gone through this cycle of not really understanding or being confused what it means to be a man. But I can tell you this as a man, we struggle a lot with idol worship. I mean, we love sports. We love computers. We love cars. We love, love anything that we in our heads think that that makes us more of a man. The <clears throat> video games, hobbies that we jump into from like fishing to even going on camping, shooting, uh, hunting. We use all that stuff. One for, you know, bonding with other men, but also to use us from reality. The problem that we have to be super, super, super careful is the temptation for it to replace hearts in our mind. And this is what I always ask people, what do you value most in your life? And even even the phrase saying I value my wife my wife and my kids first can still turn into an idol. Because that's all you put your heart and your mind and your soul into. You see when you put your heart, soul, and mind into God, you will properly love your wife and you will properly take care of your family. You will properly love your kids. You will properly uh, be a testimony example at work because you're putting God first. There's, like it's, it's such a fine line of thinking. We, that's the only thing we have to ask ourselves. Is God really first in my life? Or are these other things that I love first in my life? Because you understand that worshiping God and worshiping an idol is basically the time and effort you put into putting your praise, your glorification, your your time, your values. Everything you put into that is how worship is, is a temptation. First John five, as we get to verse, hold on a second, get to verse 18 states this. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sitting, but he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So the thing that I always try to get people to understand is that anything that we do outside of loving God or putting God first is of the world. So even though we are supposed to love those who are struggling, who are hurt, 
who are having problems, our families, our, you know, we're supposed to put the time and effort to take care of them. But even as Paul mentioned, it does divide us from actually doing what God asks us to do. And we need to be careful not to cross that line of temptation where all these things, as good as they may be, don't become idols where we replace them with God. Like, or I should say, replace God with them, like 100% and we put everything in there and, le- and nothing in God. If you remember in, in Exodus, he's a jealous God. He wants us to love him. And jealousy is not the same version as our use of jealousy towards each other. Just just so that you understand that. You see, <clears throat> as we move on, the idea of worship, I also see how today, especially in the last few years, how politics, agendas, and activism has become an idol in the church. And we need to be very careful how far we cross that line for that. Churches are falling into this trap of thinking where we put on those peace signs, write out those picket picket signs, and walk side by side with those who have been wrong. I say no. That is not what we're supposed to be doing. This is not what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor. Love God first. Hate what God loves. Share the gospel and love others as Christ loved you, like through grace, peacefully, honoring, and with integrity. How you get there is that you put God first. Spend time in his word. You understand and know who he is as God. Because then when situations as we see them, we understand that the full purpose of the Christian is the gospel message to reach out to people that have been hurt. By hearing their pain, praying with them, showing them who God is, who Jesus is. Life is not going to be fair. And things have happened, people have made choices, and there's consequences for that. The one thing that we cannot do is erase the past. Every choice that you and I make in this life is going to have a consequence, whether it's good or bad, whether it's right away or decades later. You see, what has become something that could be a good thing, a good opportunity for us to share the gospel has become a passion idol. Our passion has become an idol in our lives. We stepped into this trap. But we are not supposed to be jumping in these agendas, in these activist mindset as a Christian. 
we have made these views, these ideas, they have become an idol in the church. And this is why it has been so easy for this new religion, progressive Christianity, to get in. We think to ourselves in our head, we need to catch up with the times. We need to be progressive. No, that is not what we're supposed to be doing. Our jobs are to love God first with all our heart, our soul and mind, share the gospel and be there for people, love on them, care for them. But it's with the understanding of sharing the gospel. Too many times today, we are seeing a passion for the wrong things with Christians. We are willing to be more compromisable. We're willing to surrender the idea that we need to be progressive. So we need to be more willing and allowing for certain things to be a part of the church because that's old thinking. New thinking is today because the culture has changed. No, the culture has changed because the culture is of the world. And who is over the world? The enemy. The enemy has a plan and we need to not only get alongside with God, but we also need to be ready to defend the faith. We need to be able to speak the truth. We need to be able to lead our families as godly men who want to serve the Lord God with all our heart and our, all of our soul and all of our mind. And we need to be willing to pray for our families and to stand up to those that try to hurt them in the wrong, you know, using the wrong stuff against us. We need to be willing to stand up for our church. We need to be able to stand up for the pastor. In fact, we need more pastors with more spine to be able to say no to members who are trying to push progressive ideas into the church because they are more afraid about losing their paycheck than protecting the truth because they don't pay your paycheck. God does. That's God's money. And even if they were to all vote you out and kick you out of that church does not mean God does not have another church for you to minister. You need to understand that straight now. That is including all of you guys who are not in ministry, who work at a job, and yet you see things happening in your church. Even if they were to kick you out, you go find another church that's willing to listen to God's word and not themselves. And that includes even if you see something going wrong in your job, speak up. Because God's still got your back. It may not be an easy road. Trust me, I've been through all this. I know what it's like to be on a road where things aren't working out, but that's okay because God still took care of me. And he still took care of my wife and I. It wasn't ideal. It's not fun. I don't wish this on anybody. And I and yes, I don't have kids, but does not mean that God still will not take care of you. You honor God first. Now going back to this idea, I, I know Romans one came to mind. 
Romans 1, you go down to verse 21. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as, as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creepy things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who blessed them forever. Amen. Now, there was a problem back in Paul's time where there's a lot of issues because there's a lot of religious connections and the change. And of course, you know, Christianity coming in, there was different things that the Romans did that were very immoral and had huge effects. The problem also came with, can they eat the food from idol worshiped idols? You know, straight up, he said, yes, unless, you know, you feel convicted for one and two, if you know exactly how it was done or whatever, that he even says to not eat it. But this is the thing that we have to understand. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And this is what I was talking about. We have a lot of Christians, churches, who know who God is, but because they prefer be progressive. They prefer to chase after what they want. They did not honor him or gave thanks. But now they're being fed what's darkened their hearts and their minds. And God's going to let you chase after that. He's looking for a repentive heart, not a heart that wants to do all this stuff. See, idol worshiping is not just an item that you're worshiping. It's a change in the heart and mind where something else is way more important than God. And you've cho chosen this path on purpose because there is a temptation, so which means there's always a way out. There's a way escape that God has provided. He's calling out to every one of you, telling you, come to me, worship me, love me, put me first, honor me, follow my commandments, do what I ask. If, if I'm telling you to do something, say yes, be willing. You need to allow yourself to surrender to him and he will bless you in other ways. He will do amazing things and he'll help you through the struggles and you will have hard times. You will have times where it feels like, you know, like, I don't know how to get out of this. It's going to happen. There's going to be illnesses. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be lost. There's going to be hurt. But when you honor him, he will be there with you through all of it. Whether you get to come out on the other side better than where you've been, 
whether you're still stuck in in hard times, but he's providing in ways that you can't imagine. Even if you have to maybe give up some sports with your kids, say, hey, you can only pick one sport this year. You need to focus on that. Or you start cutting some of those extra hours you've been doing to make sure you make time for family, make time for joining a Bible study, make time to be, to be able to do something else. It could be your desires in your heart and how much you wake up and that's all you think about all day instead of him. Whatever it may be, today could be that opportunity for you to say, Lord, Help me to see those idols that have been taking my, taking too much of my time, but my time away from things you want me to be doing, let alone time that I should be spending more time with you and loving you first and making sure I'm standing on that truth and not allowing agendas and other ideologies getting in progressive movement, pushing uh, stuff that is not of your word to make us relevant. Because I want to honor you. I want to love you first. This could be that day that you can do that. And you can start breaking down those idle barriers. Those idols that are gotten in the way. And maybe either stop doing them. Or cut back on time. Because I'm not saying it's bad to love your family. I'm not saying it's bad to not have hobbies. Not to do work. Like there is time for that. It's when those things become a replacement for God because of the satisfaction that we gain from them and the opportunities that they may present that we put that ahead of God so this is a time to get your life right on this let's pray Holy Father thank you for this time I ask that you help all the men today that they understand that idol worshipping is not just straight up these golden statues they're worshipping but it's stuff everywhere around them it's everywhere and they need to make sure that they're not falling into the temptation of putting things people life choices decision making um emotions feelings whatever first above you but they are seeking you first loving you first spending time with you first and putting you up and not replacing you with all this other stuff that's in their lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys. I hope you have a blessed week, and I will see you next time. God bless.